Bradaloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 330, Feb 25, 2020. 58 degrees was the high on this day in 1976. And uh, this is the second day in a row, man. We must have had a cold snap in 1967. It was 23 below on this day in 1967. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Want me to start with the good news or the bad news? It's Fat Tuesday. So go with the good news. Go with the good news. I have something here of a miraculous nature. Hmm. I'm trying to remember what site I got it out of. A local news site. It was either 4, 5, 11, or 9. I don't think it was either of the newspapers. It was one of the four local television stations. The polar vortex is the reason why this winter has been mild. Hmm. All right. The polar vortex is the reason we've had a mild winter. Okay. The term polar vortex became an everyday term uh, back in the winter of 2013-2014 when much of the United States was locked in a grip of cold that we hadn't seen in decades. Suddenly, this term was associated with anything and everything cold in the lower 48. But it's the same polar vortex that can lead to mild conditions as well. Those same mild conditions that much of the country has experienced this year. The polar vortex is essentially a river of air miles above the ground in the polar regions that is a direct result of the Earth's constant rotation. The size, shape, and strength of this river can determine where the coldest air in the northern hemisphere is located. Oftentimes, when the polar vortex is strong... Very cold Arctic air gets bottled up in the Arctic regions of Alaska, northern Canada, and the North Pole, where Santa Claus lives. Uh Mm. (laughs) This can lead to very mild conditions across the lower 48. But when the vortex weakens and breaks down, so to speak, this can allow that very cold Arctic air a window to flow through and push southward into the U.S. All right. So in other words... It, it can be whatever you want it For to sure. be. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's, there's it's, no real program. It's the river of air. And there's no real, uh, <laughs> no real way to nail it down. And it's called uh, the strength of the polar vortex is measured indirectly and charted into an index called the Arctic Oscillation, or AO, the Arctic Oscillation. This is a graph based off overall uh, surface uh, temperature across the top of the world. Uh, while it's not a direct measurement, the atmosphere is connected. I'm going to just cut to the chase because I told you this was miraculous. Yeah, where's the good news? Uh, this past weekend, the polar vortex was strong enough that the AO, Arctic Oscillation, hit a record high. This is the second time this month that the index has passed six. That's a number that suddenly appears in this story. I have no idea why. <laughs> uh, something that had never uh, been seen before since records began more than 50 years ago. This indicates that the polar vortex is super strong, not allowing cold air southward. Okay, uh, uh, okay. Uh, there are there are dozens of large scale variables that come into play when determining how our seasonal temperatures will play out. We're getting to the miraculous part. Okay, yeah, we're waiting. I, I know. Quite a buildup. Yeah, I'm asking for it's patience. Like a ramp. Okay. <laughs> the polar vortex and Arctic oscillation are just two of these uh, variables. Uh, you can include four other major oscillations, plus the possible presence of El Nino and La Nina, to name a few. This is why we haven't seen a record warmth in Minnesota. That and our near-normal snowfall so far has led to a warmer-than-normal, but not super warm, Minnesota winter. So what does the spring have in store? Good question. Yeah. <laughs> if the polar vortex stays strong enough uh, through March and April, as the forecast would suggest, then it's a good possibility that Minnesota is near or above average in temperature as well. That said, our spring months have been tending, uh, have been trending colder and snowier, snow, snowier over the last several years. They have. You're right. What's the miraculous part of this story? Um, oh, global there, warming is not mentioned. Climate change has never been mentioned here. Yeah. This is, you, a, this is a story about the polar vortex, and, and no one condemned Mom's minivan. Can you frame this? Are polar vortexes predictable? Can you predict a polar vortex in October? That I don't know. 
But in 2013, 2014, I remember flying back home from somewhere, maybe the desert, and we were in the grips of this, what was then called the polar vortex. Mm-hmm. And you, you literally could see it. You, you could see that you were flying into hell. Check this out. You could out. see this wall of, you know, I'm, we're, we're over Kansas or Iowa, and you're getting closer. And you could just see it. You could just see this this wall of grayness that was dropping down. Check this out. If that plane paused, paused. y'all could see the vortex? <laughs> if that plane paused, I, I could have avoided the polar vortex. Sure, it just wasn't a cloud bank. Yeah, it might have been. I don't. Yeah. I okay. think I know. I I had myself pretty convinced. But is this the first that year, I could see it? Is this right. the first year that it really um, uh, came out as the polar vortex, where they used it as a common word? 2013, 14. 2013 I, and fourteen. Twenty thirteen and fourteen. But I I love this story because it a it's meaningless and mm-hmm. b it never mentioned climate change. Okay. So is that the good news? Yeah. Okay. I got another one. Oh, good. Uh, Mount Shasta in California, which looks like a place I'd like to visit. Uh, Makes me thirsty. There's somebody got pictures. A forest ranger got pictures of a cloud that is uncanny for its resemblance to a flying saucer. It of course is not a flying saucer. Uh, residents of Siskiyou County uh, uh, saw this lenticular cloud hovering near Mount Shasta on Feb 12. Police officer Paul Zur, the Shasta McLeod Management Unit Fire Management Officer, took the photo of the supposed UFO UFO cloud. Uh, of course, it's not a UFO. Wow, that is cool. Isn't that cool? Uh, there's been a bunch of them, though. Yeah. Uh, is this the one that looks like a pyramid? No, this one looked like a flying saucer. It was yellow and orange. Oh, okay. oh yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, that is, that is so right pretty. Wow. Lenticular clouds, also known as alto-cumulus standing lenticular, are stationary clouds that are shaped like a lens and normally develop on the downward side of a mountain or mountain range. They get their odd shape from moisture in the air, and are most common during the winter. Wow, uh, on it's your a beauty, screen, isn't it? If you cool. if you Google Mount Shasta clouds, you is get that a variety. A look at that. There's a variety of different times. Ty- that is really cool, and it does look like a saucer. Those are beauties. That wow. is cool. That, look at that look one on the that. bottom look right. That. Uh, that would make you ro- uh, run home and uh, smoke Lucky Break ice or wow. grass. And ain't that pretty? Yeah. <laughs> huh. I have a. Anyway, elevation of Mount Shasta. <laughs> I'm I'm delaying getting to the troubling. Oh, you're going to bring us down a bit? Troubling developments for garage logistics. Just get it over with. Mount Shasta is <laughs> only 3,500 feet at elevation. No kidding. Is that it? Seems like it's uh, bigger, doesn't it? Uh, okay, thir- 3,600 feet above sea level on the flanks of Mount Shasta. Well, probably. all I know is that you can get some beautiful, beautiful uh, clouds there. Uh, you want me to get it over with, Johnny? Sure. Just do it. Rip the Band-Aid off. <laughs> Pour some salt in it. <laughs> no. Sprinkle some coronavirus. We're no, good. No, uh, I have s- some more paperwork to get. Let's oh. take a break, and I'll get to it okay. in a moment. Boy, I hope so. I really hope so. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Have you ever heard of a magazine called Jacobin? I have not. No. Neither did I until today, and I did some research. It's a German magazine for socialists, published in America. Mm. It's like People Magazine, only it's for socialists. (laughs) It's it's just a, a magazine. Do they have... Do they have the sexiest man of the year? Sexiest uh, idea? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and what is he wearing? What are his clothes? Uh, in a new piece in the magazine, uh, which is an adaptation of a forthcoming book, Jacobin writers Micah Utrecht and Megan Day, I looked them up, they are uh, staffers with Jacobin, hmm. a socialist publication, argue that Bernie Sanders is merely the first step in a broader strategy to push the United States to the far left. Oh, boy. He's the Utrecht, first step. Utrecht and Day post that the Vermont Democrat Socialist presidential campaign is the tip of the spear of what they describe as a new socialist movement. The two make a case for manipulating democratic structures and processes to march the country towards full-scale socialism. A new socialist movement is cohering in the U.S., they write. Uh, based on the class politics of Bernie Sanders. But as that movement grows and progresses, it is bound to run into dangerous obstacles and thorny contradictions. 
The new U.S. socialist movement is without a single line or monolithic political position. That's a strength of the movement since none of us has all the answers. Still, many people in the movement, ourselves included, feel strongly about certain approaches to strategy. One approach we feel strongly about is what we call the democratic road to socialism or the idea that we need to make good use of democratic structures and processes available to us and to improve and expand them in order to advance our cause. While the two note that the American system is inherently designed to work against their cause, to achieve revolutionary change, Utrecht and Day call for eroding the power of the capitalist class. Hmm. We can accomplish this. Uh, for example, by imposing capital controls, measures that stop the free movement of capital in response to changing social and economic conditions. Give me an example. Do, you, I, no, do me, they? Let me think of it. I, I, don't, I don't think they do. In other words, they call for the systemic changes and a fundamental transformation of the political economy. Through a series of economic reforms that would bring the, the economy under the control and the control of their ideological allies. To replace capitalism with socialism, an author, the pair, uh, an author, the pair cites wrote: Socialists must achieve the following two goals. Socialists should fight to win a socialist universal suffrage electoral majority in government and parliament. And B, socialists must expect that serious anti-capitalist change will necessarily require extra parliamentary mass action like a general strike and a revolution to defeat the inevitable sabotage and resistance of the ruling class. These are all very scary words. And for, uh, this, this is, it gets uh, worse. This it gets is, worse. That's well, a pretty why, big why, task. Why, why continue? I'll tell you why we're going to continue. Well, this is... The two warn that their type of revolution could result in bloodshed, although they don't advocate violence. Additionally, they caution uh, though, uh, that though they do not know the precise sequence of events that will lead to socialism, achieving socialist governance will require both a mass movement of workers and the formal power to stop capitalists from undermining the movement as it engages in class struggle. To get there, Utrecht and Day insist on winning elections. It's not enough for socialists to be a tiny minority in the House of Representatives or running for president or only holding 10% of seats on a city council. We don't want to simply fight against some other political majority. We want to become the majority. In other words, the two seem to caution fellow socialists to put intra-socialist debates aside and focus on winning the presidency by electing Sanders to the White House. The duo simply imply their socialist movement will be in a much stronger position to then launch a much broader, full-scale assault on the American free market system and way of life. To what ends? I mean, why? How do they, these two, and their stupid little magazine, and all of their hand-chewing asshats, how do they, how are they going to profit from this? Why is this good for them? They're just going to be another gear on the cog. They're not going to go anywhere. But if they get into power, I wonder if they'll change their if, tune. The key words, if they get, and why would they? Well, what I take from this piece, and these are, fortunately, I think these two are not very strong opinion makers. I've never heard of them before. Right. Never heard of the magazine before. <clears throat> Nevertheless, what I, what I sense is we're getting a glimpse into the into the background environment of the Bernie Sanders hysteria. We're getting a glimpse of, of the fact that there are mm. people who like Bernie because he, to them, he's, a, he's terribly insignificant to their, to their principal goal, which is to dismantle us. This, we're seeing the mystery now becoming defined. And in Bernie, like they said, he's just the tip of the spear. They're just using he, him. He, he, might, you know, he might get hauled out of that debate tonight on a cot. He's, he's, he's an old timer who won't release his medical records. But what they see in Bernie is there is an important first step for them into gaining power, which would be the elimination of capitalism. And they say, we'll come up against capitalists. Uh, yeah, you will, because it's, it's worth fighting for because it works. And your ideas don't work. They have been proven wrong uh, throughout time. This may, more about the magazine, yeah. if I may. Yeah. Uh, their lead story on their website today is Bernie Sanders was right about Cuba. Yeah. And uh, when you go to find out about them, they have 40,000 subscribers, paid mm -hmm. subscribers, mm -hmm. which really isn't a lot. That's it sounds nothing. like a lot. but That's nothing. No. Uh, Bernie Sanders is not right about Cuba. Uh, yeah, Fidel Castro lead, yeah. is a word I can't say. Mm -hmm. I can. We're on a podcast, but yeah, I, right. I won't. Not to. Florida not to. Democrats are P.O.'d. Right. Oh, right. my. Are yeah. they upset? Yeah.
You know, and uh, Sanibel, Jim had a good point. For Bernie to say, well, you know, Fidel wasn't all bad because he instigated a reading program. Well, it wasn't a reading program. No. It was Marxist uh, right. uh, ideology. In, in, indoctrina- indoctrination. Yeah, indoctrination. indoctrination. But that's like saying, well, you know, Hitler wasn't that bad. He created the Autobahn. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Volkswagen. It's the same thing. Hey. Right. The, same thing. <laughs> the bug. Yeah. Got a Volkswagen <laughs> and Porsche out of the deal. The trains uh, started running on time. Isn't yeah. that the old yeah. saying? Yeah. They yeah. Yeah. No, that was the fascists in Italy. Well, that, the was Italy. that was Mussolini. I, I got, got my the, fascists messed yeah, you up. Got your, sorry. E- either way, it was for fear of death. It's on time or somebody dies. So, what, Such, seriously, who's going to take over for the Warren Buffetts and the Bezos and uh, all the other rich, you know, the guy that, uh, the computer guy, who's going to take over for these big people? They're going to be dismantled, Do right? You mean these, what, what are, are they going to com- realize? Uh, no, I'm I mean. sorry to interrupt, but. No, uh, what I see them is, is the gap we have now, the gap between the ultra uh, wealthy, the billionaires, the people these people really hate, and the rest of us, the commoners, yep. we're making a hundred or less a year, or two hundred yep. less a year. That gap is only going to grow wider, is it not? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. is part of their plan dismantling these big corporations? The, the like Buffett owns all of these companies that make so much money. Uh, Bezo o- owns, you know, maybe multiple the, may, companies. Maybe the ray of hope is that they can't. Well, that's what I was thinking that during they this. Can't. How, how could they possibly? Are they going to use government to cripple these companies well, and, they allude, and take over these companies? They allude to this becoming possibly a, a physical confrontation where bloodshed might be spilled. Okay. Well, if for that to take place. Wow. There's going to have to be a lot of dominoes that Then fall. you're looking at a civil war between the people who want a free America and these people, you're looking well, at a civil war. Us being conservative and right-wing nuts, we have all the firepower. Yeah. So right. yeah. uh, I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> you know, don't bring your knife to a gunfight. Yeah. <laughs> they got a magazine with what, 40,000? They got an army yeah. of 40,000? Yeah, I don't mean to be giving that magazine so much credit, but yeah. I, I'm terribly alarmed by, by uh, Bernie Sanders. And tonight... Uh, his opponents have to resolve this. Is yeah. that a fair statement? They, yes. they have yes. to put this guy away. Yes. Yeah, they need to stop worrying. Yes. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how many more times President Trump's name comes up tonight, whereas last time it was just up. Bloomberg. It, it was yeah, Bloomberg. they need to forget about Trump, forget about Bloomberg, and take take him out of the Can, equation. Earlier you referenced uh, an A and a B. You said the group that's making less than 100000 and then the group that's making less than yeah, 200 Yeah, you know. Well, I choose to say that I make less than 200000 Just You just put so you know. IOUs in the church basket. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yes. people we used to consider troubling are now looking terribly centrist. James Carville. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Rahm Emanuel. <laughs> yeah. He has had a clear warning for Democrats. A primary victory for Bernie Sanders puts the future of the party at complete risk. These guys see these guys see what's happening. His candidacy is built on a false premise, strategically and policy-wise. Emmanuel said he served both Clinton and Obama. Uh, Sanders said he is uh, playing with political. Uh, Sanders, he said, is playing with political fire by dismissing moderate Democrats. Bernie Sanders' view is, I don't want these moderates and fickle voters. We just have to turn out our base, uh, Rahm Emanuel said. His view is, forget the center. We just want to be left. And Rahm Emanuel said, that's never been tried. No. Not to this extent. Now, these are all the guys that used to be in the thick of the Democrats versus Republicans, but they could still get along. They disagreed, right. but they didn't hate. They played golf on Sunday. They didn't want mm-hmm. it. They didn't hate. Right. Emmanuel also had a harsh critique for billionaire Bloomberg, who's, who surged in the polls with big God. ad spins but had a disastrous first debate. The former New York mayor, Emmanuel said, was not ready for what was happening. He questioned why Bloomberg rushed onto that platform when spending the money on ads was working so well for him. It exposed the fact that he wasn't ready for prime time. Tonight, uh, if they don't hammer home the fact that Sanders has embraced Venezuela, he's embraced Cuba, he speaks well of China, these are repressive regimes that have killed and imprisoned dissidents, and he is... Uh, a bitter, bitter old man. I'd like to know what he heard at the kitchen table yeah. growing up. Yeah. He heard nothing but uh, uh, bad things said about people who achieved. And he wants to take that away. You won't have to achieve 
under a Bernie plan, under a Jacobin <laughs> magazine plan. Uh, the state will become no. impossibly large. No, you will have to achieve, Such. We'll all be working for the state, and every cent we all make will go to the state. And they'll give us back what they think we need. And you young people, I, I'm saddened that you're so easily deceived by this fool. Uh, what life do you imagine for yourself? Are you what what aspects of your humanity and your freedom are you willing to surrender? And and for what? Because you want to punish someone who's been successful. Ninety nine point nine percent of the people in this country who are successful are successful because they work their asses off. Yeah. And and we all benefit from that. They pay the taxes. They provide the jobs. Right. Right. How many? Again, we, yesterday was a question. How many uh, employees are underneath a billionaire? A whole bunch. Not to mention employees. Uh, again, uh, they go to buy a big yacht. What happens? The yacht maker. Uh, it's got to be, uh, you know, serviced. All that stuff. And, well, remember there was a luxury tax placed on yachts, and it backfired because all it did is put uh, employees out of business. Right. Because, uh, you know, billionaires are saying, well, look, if you're going to charge me X tax for that yacht, hell, I just, I'm just i going to pass it up. I won't buy it right. Because if you're a billionaire, you probably already have one or you don't need another one. So they didn't get another one. Then the guy who had a $68,000 a year job, great job building boats, he loses his job. Right. right. Yeah. Is that the trickle down? Is that Reagan? Mm-hmm. Uh, my fear, and the reason I say I have such alarm about Sanders is he's Trump-like in, in the fact that you can't get to him. Right. What, whatever you say to him uh, doesn't hurt him. Bounces off of Bounces me and off him. sticks to you. Yep. <laughs> Trump's that way. Trump yeah. doesn't, Trump deep down doesn't give a bleep about what you say about him. Right. He doesn't care. Yeah. This guy's the same way. So who's going to confront him tonight? Who's going to leave? Who's going to leave that room feeling that Bernie's been called out? No, they can. They can't. Well, they can't shut him down. They have to prove to his supporters that he's invalid. That's who they have to get to. They have to prove to the people that love Bernie that Bernie's a complete idiot. Meaning that he can't win, or meaning that his policies and the way and where he's taking America. Is certain doom. Well, the World War II veteran or the Vietnam veteran that is a labor guy through and through. He's been welding all his life. He's voted Democrat. Does he is he with Sanders or does he go? Wait a minute. What are you talking about? I think think if he's rational, he's not with Sanders. I always think when you bring that up, and when I think of that in my own mind, I think of the miners up uh, up up in the range, where they're at, who they're with right now. My guess is here in Minnesota for our when our election they're going to be with uh, Klobuchar. I don't know how they can't be. That's her roots. She's a Iron Ranger. It's becoming more and more clear that Amy doesn't have a shot here. Right. If she drops out or is forced out of the race, and it's uh, well, that's another interesting thing. Nobody's nobody of significance has dropped out yet. The people that have dropped out were meaningless anyway. Yang, what do we got? Seven t- candidates tonight. I have no idea how many are on stage tonight. I think six. Six, I think. Starts at seven o'clock. Where are we? Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, you we got. You know, okay. There's one hell of a American Masters program tonight about Miles Davis. <laughs> I, know. I, I don't know what the hell to do. Curse of Oak Island is also. That's on. the worst reality show in oh, the history of reality why, shows. That's why I'm addicted to it. it oh, well, there's seven. Seven. Biden, is there seven? Uh, Pete, Amy, Bernie, Elizabeth, oh, and Tom Steyer. He's oh, probably Steyer. the one we're forgetting. Steyer's in it too. There's another billionaire, yep. who, uh, which is fine with me. I'm, I, I root for billionaires. Congratulations I on your like success. I like billionaires. Right. Uh, but he's disqualified from lecturing to me about the climate, right. which is his only really purpose to be running. He's, he's, he's consumed all of the Kool-Aid and wants to. And by the way, uh, the climate change uh, plays extremely and smoothly into the hands of the Jacobin magazine readers because it has nothing to do with the climate. It's another means of overtaking and reimagining the economy uh, to the point of destroying it. It has nothing to do with the temperature or rainfall or cold or snow. Nothing. It has to do with reorganizing America to make it more left. 
winner. They want to share and that's, misery equally. And that's another question, Joe. When are the people, just the everyday mom and pops down the street doing their best for the climate, when are they going to realize that they're being hoodwinked? I know there's a couple letters to the editor today in the Tribune. I don't want to read them well, I, on the I, show. I don't want to read them. I read them and I, I ripped them just in case, but that's, that's an example of people who are being hoodwinked. Right. There was a piece in yesterday's Star Tribune by a Harvard uh, researcher who said that electric vehicles are not necessarily the future. They're a great complement, not a replacement. And you had some hysterical uh, citizens of Minneapolis writing letters to the editor today decrying that piece and saying, no, no, it's a, it's an insidious crisis. The climate change <laughs> is an insidious crisis. <laughs> Okay, pal, I can't help you. You, you're, you're, you're you, so far off the you, rails. You walked off the dock. Yeah, I can't you're, help you. You're out in the middle of the lake. There's white caps. I, you're, you're gonna drown. Yeah, and you're, I ain't throwing you a life jacket. Yeah, it's, it's just, I'm going in, pal. Yeah. You know what? Maybe that guy's a candidate though for an electric bike, huh? Ooh, From EcoFun Motorsports Eco in Forest Motorsports. Lake. Uh, get this. I, I'd actually use that to help me as opposed yeah. to the environment. Right. <laughs> right. They're wonderful. Because it would do me wonders. And i got to get another one because mine was taken from me. Yeah, it was you stolen. stolen. Uh, but right now, through Saturday, take advantage of this. It's the year-end clearance sale. Uh, now, through Saturday, it's the lowest prices of the year on all Bentelli e-bikes. Wait, 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 wait. What, Joe, what, suits, what? Suits. I got a text uh, the other day from one of my uh, best friends from grade school. We're still buddies, Tommy. And he uh, just texted me, and he said, I just got my new e-bike. And I, of course, said, where did you get that, brah? He said, EcoFun, of course. Nice. It's sweet. They will store the bike really? until the end really? of March. Really? Oh. So you don't even have to, you don't have to pick it up. You just buy it. And you don't want to store it in the garage because it's full of snow and junk. So I said, great, you'll be featured in the ad this week. So Tommy Jr., way to go. Way to uh, sponsor those um, EcoFun Motorsports. Well, you know, the weather is playing into your hands, too. You can get away with a test test ride right yeah, now. Hell the, yeah. The streets, well, you want to. Uh, they're right on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. The streets around there are plowed. In fact, they're plowed a lot better than the cities. <laughs> so uh, you go up there and do a test drive, and you're going to get the best price of the year right now through this week, through Saturday, Feb 20. It's the year-end clearance sale on all Bintelli e-bikes. They're the lowest prices of the year. Uh, it's Tim Bloom is a uh, expert, but not nearly the expert of his, that his daughter is, and and she'll help you. Uh, she gets she's flown around the country to tell people. Uh, not to argue with people, to tell them why they're not right. Exactly. About when it comes <laughs> when it comes to e-bikes, uh, EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. University of Garage Logic 98, College of Self Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. Here it comes. Wait for it. Two, three, four. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. A Minnesota prosecutor said Monday his office has spent weeks reviewing that murder conviction raised by Amy Klobuchar on the presidential debate stage, saying he thinks the evidence that sent a black teenager to prison for life was quite strong. Edmond County Attorney Mike Freeman said he would meet soon with attorneys for Mayan Burrell, who was 16 when he was arrested in the 2002 shooting that killed an 11-year-old girl, and he'll also meet, he says, with representatives of the Innocence Project. His comments come after a year-long Associated Press investigation that found flaws in the case, which relied heavily on a single eyewitness who offered contradictory accounts about the shooter. The AP also uncovered questionable police tactics, including a detective who was seen on videotape offering a man in custody cash for hearsay and then would only pay the man when he used Burrell's name. Reporters also interviewed Burrell's two co-defendants, both of whom say Burrell was not even at the scene when Taisha Edwards was shot and killed. One of them, Ike Tyson, has long been saying he was, in fact, the trigger man. Burrell also took part in an ABC interview from prison where he blamed Klobuchar for his being in prison. Klobuchar was county attorney when the case was first prosecuted, has cited it during her political career as an example of finding justice for victims of violence. Since the AP published its findings, she has said any new information in the case should be reviewed by Freeman's office. 
Freeman took aim at several of the points raised in the AP's investigation. He said at trial, Burrell offered two different alibis in the case, alibis the state did not find credible. He also said Burrell separately confessed to a cousin about his involvement in Edwards' death and that Burrell told a jailhouse informant, a paranoid schizophrenic who testified he sometimes hears voices, that he shot the little girl. Freeman said shifting statements by Burrell's accomplices were found not credible by a judge at Burrell's second trial. I have breaking Amy news. Yeah. She's had a hip replaced. I saw that this week. Who knew? I didn't know. It seems know. too I saw young. It in the paper. Yeah. You know, it's must be all that crazy bicycle riding she did with her old man when yeah. she was a kid. Huh? My wife had her hip replaced. She's I think they're about the same age. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Give or take. Hips years. are easier than knees, they say. Yeah. Oh boy, by the grace of God, there go I. I'm glad I haven't had that issue. Jeez. Pursued by sheriff's deputies, a Chisago County woman found herself a Safe place to hide. Yeah. <laughs> really a safe place. Good one, Johnny. Good she one. shut herself inside a gun safe. <laughs> really? Scotty Finnegan, a deputy with the Chisago County Sheriff's Office, said, In this career, just when you thought you've seen and heard everything, something even weirder pops up. Finnegan got a call last Wednesday about a trespasser at Sunrise Estates, a mobile home park <laughs> in Stacy, Minnesota. Information indicated. Sunrise Estates. That's correct, Joe, yes. <laughs> right out of Trailer Park Boys, uh-huh. isn't it? <laughs> oh, I'm stuck and I'm <laughs> Information indicated the suspect was 26-year-old Jesse Knickerbocker of North Branch and that she was at her dad's home in the park. But a no trespassing order had been filed against Knickerbocker, barring her from the property. Finnegan and his partner knocked on the door, asked if Knickerbocker was in the home. According to Finnegan, her father said she wasn't there and allowed officers inside to search the trailer. Okay, this is where it gets confusing right, for me. On. So he has a no trespassing order against mm-hmm. her. She's not supposed to be there, and he says she's not there. Yep. Right? Okay. Yep. All right. They, uh, Good they, enough for me. They searched the mobile home. They saw no sign of her. Finnegan said, I asked him where she was, and he said, in a safe. <laughs> so wait a minute. <laughs> right. Wait. No. I, huh? She's yeah. really good at hide-and-seek, officer. <laughs> the officer said, I thought he meant she was in a safe place. The father brought the officers into the kitchen where they saw a fire-rated gun safe measuring about five <laughs> feet tall. Because that's where all of us firearm owners keep well, our wait saves. He's yeah. the same guy who said she's not here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But now he's showing him where that, she is. That's yeah. what it appears. Yeah, and yeah. he's the same guy who has a no trespassing order against they her. They just what wore the him hell? down. They so just wore him down. He brings him into the kitchen to fix a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Look in that safe there. <laughs> <laughs> the, the gun safe in the kitchen. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the father brought the officers into the kitchen. They saw the safe. The door was closed. The combination locked was solid, and the handle wouldn't move, Finnegan said. We were shouting at her to come out, and her father couldn't get the safe open. It was malfunctioning. Uh-oh. After about 10 minutes, the deputies finally got the safe open, and here, according to Finnegan, is this female suspect crouched down and sweating profusely. I bet she smelled charming, huh? Oh, gross. <laughs> he added those fire-rated She's safes. She's lucky she didn't die. Well, yes. he said the fire-rated yes. safes are not designed to have a lot of air circulation. In fact, it's basically a steel coffin. Uh-huh. Inside, deputies found a box of sharp kitchen knives that they believe Knickerbocker wedged in the doorframe to keep it from opening. She was arrested and charged with trespassing. She pleaded guilty after two days in jail, was sentenced to two days in jail with credit for time. I wonder served. why Dad has a uh, no trespassing order against yeah. her. Oh, she sounds like a disaster. She must be the no-go zone. Huh? I see yeah. a uh, I see a difficult, complex Thanksgiving dinner yeah. uh, in November. <laughs> <laughs> Authorities at the scene of a deadly house fire in Andover Tuesday morning. According to the Anoka County Sheriff's Office, a 36-year-old man died as a result of the fire at a home on the 14,300 block of Woodbine Street. Two teens, a 16-year-old and 13-year-old, taken to a nearby hospital treated for smoke inhalation. Additionally, a 39-year-old woman uh, able to safely exit the house. It all happened at about 3.30 this morning. The Minnesota State Fire Marshal is investigating the cause of the fire. Alexandria burning down, too. They lost a couple of buildings on Broadway. How big is I, you know, I've driven through, but I don't I recall. Don't remember the anyway. thousands of people, but... Uh, you know, it's a historic downtown, Broadway. I mean, they're all really, really old buildings. Some of them built in the 18th, I think I read 1860s. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, really old. And it started with a restaurant there, and a couple of attached buildings went, and the apartments above them. And yeah. President Trump, Tuesday morning, calling for two Supreme Court justices to recuse themselves from any cases that involve him. 
That's not the way it works. No. It's not. No, it really doesn't work that way. <laughs> After a dissent issued by one of them, blasting the justices as the court considers a number of cases critical to the presidency. Uh, Trump said of Justices Sonia Sotomayor and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I just don't know how they can't recuse themselves for anything having to do with Trump or Trump related. He said her statement was so inappropriate when you're a justice for the Supreme Court. Friday night, Friday night, Sotomayor had castigated the government for repeatedly asking justices on an emergency basis to allow controversial policies to go into effect and charged her conservative colleagues on the court with being too eager to side with the Trump administration, uh, administration on such requests. Iran's deputy health minister, Iraj Harichi, who has spearheaded the country's efforts to contain the coronavirus, has the illness himself. Ooh, wow. Did you see the, the video of ministry. him? No. How's he looking? He look bad. He's out there talking about it, and he's mopping his face with a handkerchief because he's sweating. He's getting sicker by the minute. How close would you well, get? Well, he's to announcing get the, he's got it under control. How close would you get to get the story? I'd leave. <laughs> I, I'm not going to write that story. This is getting apocalyptic. Uh, Mr. Harachi had been experiencing weakness and flu-like symptoms uh, on Monday, uh, as Joe said, when he held a news briefing, uh, mopping his brow repeatedly during it. Uh, President Trump said yesterday the United States was well able to protect itself against the spread of the coronavirus. How? Offered an optimistic outlook on Tuesday, uh, even as, uh, well, the Centers for Disease Control did the opposite. According to the CDC, Americans, quote, should brace for the likelihood that the coronavirus will spread to communities all throughout the U.S. Dr. Nancy Messonnier said it's not so much of a question of this will happen, uh, if this will happen, but more a question of when it'll happen. She said public health officials have no idea whether the spread to the U.S. would be mild or severe, but she said Americans should be ready for a significant disruption in their daily lives. She said, we're asking American public to be prepared for the expectation that this might be bad. My dark thought from emailer Tim Bilstrom. Sure. What's going to happen if they close the polling places on Election Day? Wow. Wow, it's turned into a novel. Which we don't know at what point this virus will be at. Can we contain it? Mm -hmm. I'm just going to put all my creditors on notice right now. Uh, I will (laughs) not be paying any bills after, uh, well, after today, actually. Today, final day. Hosni Mubarak, who became Egypt's longest-serving ruler in more than 150 years before being forced from office by a popular uprising, has died. He was 91 years old. Mubarak's passing announced Tuesday by state media, with the presidency later describing him as a hero of the nation's 1973 war against Israel. Uh, you might remember back in the uh, what they uh, called the uh, spring. What they call that? The spring. What they call it? Rums, Arab Spring. Arab Rums Spring. Springer. Arab Spring, uh, he was basically booted out of office in January of 2011. I'm sorry, Rumspringer, that's what the Amish do. The uh, Amish, yeah. Huh? Ah, the Amish. The Amish or Amish? In their late teens. <laughs> what do you say, Miles? I say Amish. Amish. You say Amish. The Amish. A driver. The Amish to please <laughs> A driver who taped flashlights. To their pickup truck when the headlights burnt out, received oh, a problem solved. Received a hefty fine. The new the, flashlight right. king. <laughs> yes. Hail wow. you. Received a hefty fine from the Vancouver Police Department. Sergeant Mark Christensen tweeted that traffic officers initially pulled the driver over for having an insecure load. You should see him when he tried to turn the blinker on. He'd run out there, click it, run back in, steer, run back out, click it. But once they got a closer look when they stopped them, they realized the driver was using flashlights instead of headlights and taillights. Now, these aren't actual, like, million lumens candle no, no. power well, spotlights, are they? No. Because those the are powerful. You haven't seen the pictures? No, I have not. They're no. just they're, it, it's ding, they're ding. flashlights. Right? Ever ready, ding, ding, 2D batteries. So Let's go. They're the ones when the power goes out, they're the only ones you can find in your house. You the, know, the not kind, the good ones. The kind after they've been sitting around, you got to go... Now, that wasn't his only problem. He also did not have insurance, and he had failed to comply with a previous inspection order. In all, he received almost $2,000 in fines and had the vehicle impounded. Johnny, where was this? Vancouver. Vancouver. Oh, okay. And then when he turned the blinker on, he'd go like this. <laughs> okay, next Okay, story. Rock. The next one story. blinker joke was bad <laughs> enough, me, but yeah. two yeah, of them? Yeah. Strike two, strike two. <laughs> Swing and a miss. <laughs> An Italian man suffering from frostbite and four other tourists rescued in the Alaska wilderness after visiting an abandoned bus that's become a lure for adventures since it was featured in the Into the Wild book and movie. 
Alaska state troopers say the five people rescued Saturday from a camp they set up after visiting the dilapidated bus on the Stampede Trail near the town of Healy. The bikers, uh, hikers, excuse me, found 13 miles from the trailhead, according to trooper spokesman Tim Despain. One of the hikers had frostbite and was transported to Fairbanks for treatment. The rescues were alerted by the hikers with a satellite-based emergency device that notified the International Emergency Response Coordination Center of a medical emergency. The rescue was the latest episode involving the bus, first made famous by John Krakauer's book, published in 1996, then by a movie that Sean Penn directed back in 2007. Both fueled a lingering mystique about a young idealist, Christopher McCandless, who met his death from starvation in the bus, which is about 10 miles north of the entrance to Denali National Park and Preserve. Is anybody seeing the irony here? I'm seeing the bus is named Further. No, but you're right. It's, I think it's like a 1945 yeah, International yeah. or something like that. Over the years, some hikers have been rescued. Others have died trying to retrace McCandless's steps. What is the phrase you use? Um, something about people losing, losing, losing sight with uh, losing their uh, relationship with nature. And that's what this is. Yeah. And this is a, a big argument. Uh, and if you bring this up with anybody that lives in Alaska. They'll go on a 10-minute tirade about what an idiot this kid was yeah. uh, because he went out there completely unready. And then there's the other side that said, well, he's kind of this mythical hero. And the reason he didn't have any maps is because there's nothing that's uncharted anymore. So he thought if he threw his map away, everything's uncharted. And uh, he couldn't ca cross a river. He may or may not have had some poison uh, I don't know, seeds or plants Shrooks, or, something. or something. Yeah. yeah. And then he couldn't c cross a flooded river, but he didn't have a map. So he didn't realize that there was a way to cross the river a quarter mile away. Yeah. Um, so, so it's a, I mean, we, you could do two hours talking about this. Yeah. It's I, the guy's a moron. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think there, I, think, I got it down to 10 point, seconds. Point I, taken. I think you're probably, I think you're probably right. <laughs> yeah. He's a moron. Yeah. It was very depressing. I hadn't, uh, I didn't know much about this, but Kenny alerted me before oh. the show and it, his death was, you can't, it's so unavoidable. You can't watch the movie because you know what's coming. Yeah. And I think when they found him, he had been dead. He was in a sleeping bag. He had been dead for a couple of weeks and yeah. he weighed something like I don't know, 60, yeah. 70 pounds? Yeah. And he basically crawled into a sleeping bag to die because he kept a journal. He kept yeah, writing. He's a moron. While he was yeah. dying, he kept writing. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just so unneeded. Dick Prenicky goes in there and builds a house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It flourishes. Yeah. Competition for the uh, GL podcast. No. Fans of Oprah Winfrey will soon be able to listen to their favorite episodes of her talk show thanks to Owen's Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. Oh, no. Launching on March 3rd. The network will release 25 years of episodes from the talk show, hosted by the 66-year-old former TV star. A voiceover teases in a trailer, Oprah is opening the vault. Oh, boy, that'll be fun. Really? really? 25 years the vault, of, huh? 25 years, it says, of legendary interviews, aha moments, ugly cries, and unforgettable surprises. The talk show turned podcast will revive over 4,500 episodes that between, uh, aired between her first episode, September 8th, 1986, and the last, May 25th, 2011. They'll release 10 episodes each week starting March 3rd. With I thought she was still on. <laughs> <laughs> well, she hasn't gone away. She's got her own network. But yeah. this is more of a visual to see watching Oprah's show. So this is just going to be audio with some enhancements and some voiceovers. I don't get the attraction. I'm not going to lie. I never saw Oprah, so I don't know what the show was like. I've never Oprah. seen it. Uh, no she's all over the map. I just she thought she was still on. Two people I don't, two two types of people I don't comment on publicly uh, for obvious reasons, the mafia and Oprah. Yeah. So wow. Keep your mouth shut about both of those. She's got some backing. What, there being no distinction between them? You know, oh, if you, if you thinking maybe John should do the next story. In I the presence know. of a female, if you rip Oprah... It's uh, blasphemy. Well, I, I have no reason to rip Oprah. Yeah, I have nothing I'm against sorry, Oprah. If you are critical of Oprah, even show. critical of Oprah, you are. Those are good public opinions to hold. Well, it's true. I'm not lying. I, okay. Me neither. I, you're I both can take very, or leave her. You're both very believable. Yeah, I but, think you're doing a good job. By the way, the show has been <laughs> off nine years, but it still is the highest rated daytime talk show ever in television history. And so. I'm sure is in repeats. You can find the show where she talks to a, you know, some weirdo on cable. I have no I, idea. I don't know. I don't care. Apparently you have not searched for I'm any not, Oprah. I have not looked for that. Oprah shows. Weird uh, Wisconsin story. <laughs> Police flagged a potential hazardous material situation when they 
came upon a van filled with 15 plastic drums full of fuel, about 300 gallons, at a quick trip gas station near 13th Street and Rhine Road in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. Wisconsin State Patrol motor carrier inspector was called to the gas station about 9.30 in the evening where the van was located. They had taken all the seats out of the van, all the rear seats, in the back, drums filled with fuel. Officials said in a Facebook post the fuel was stolen from several gas stations across the state using stolen credit cards, and the van was heading back to Chicago, Illinois. The Wisconsin State Patrol inspector worked with the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources and a hazardous materials crew to clean up and dispose of it. See, in my mind's eye, I'm picturing like burning barrels with open lids and like just maybe some plastic (laughs) tied over the top. He was driving a bomb. But we... And it was gasoline, right? Not diesel? It was gas. Because we used to get diesel ordered. We'd order a 55-gallon barrel of diesel, and then you just, you can put a spout on it, and you can take the, the, you know, the fuel right out of that with a hand crank spout deal. All I could think of was if you ever watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's totally what I was thinking of, too. (laughs) Sloshing all over. They were going to sell it. (laughs) They were going to sell gas on the cheap, not realizing they they bought high and they were selling selling low. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In Hobie uh, Sound, excuse me, Hobie Sound, which is in... Hobe? Okay, that's in Florida. Mm -hmm. A topless 23-year-old woman was driving on US-1 while taking part in sex acts with her boyfriend before they got in a crash. According to the police report, deputies about 10.10 in the evening went to the area of Southeast US-1 and Southeast Darley Street after the crash. They reported a 24-year-old man was standing by a 2010 Toyota with its door open. 23-year-old woman was slapping and hitting the man who deputies told to step away. The man refused, was taken to the ground by police. A woman told investigators she had been driving and was involved in sexual activity with her boyfriend at the same time. She said her boyfriend made a statement she did not like. They started quarreling. That's when she lost control of the vehicle. Police uh, report... You're trying to think of what he said? No, I'm trying to think what they were doing if she was driving. Um, Let me... I looked up... I looked up Hobe, Florida. <laughs> yeah. Population 11,000. It's unincorporated. It's located between Jupiter and Stewart along Florida's Atlantic coast. It's as good as it gets, trust me. Okay, but um, explore nearby Jonathan Dixon State Park for the camping or canoeing by Blowing Rocks Preserve. Is it? So there's some, uh, there's some neat there's places a, it's to a check very, out. It's a very tony so uh, that's stretch a, of land. Are you saying that's a hint to what was taking place? I think so. I think well, they're throwing because some Because I was well, guessing one of them was, was giving the other she, a, a well, hand. I don't think we need any uh, analysis. I, she, she said it was her boyfriend's birthday, uh-huh. and she wanted to look sexy while they had sex. I see. Oh. So she took her shirt off while all this was happening, according to not the police girl. report. And she didn't have both hands on the wheel. Exactly. What do you suppose he said to her that set her off? I have no idea. Boy, well, I'm you should. A lot of lines, but I'm not going to say any of them. I had when I put this story in here. I had one thing that I hoped would happen, but Kenny would ask that question. And I did. Did you know you did. what was said? No, oh. I have no idea. And you can't. It's been so long for you. You have no idea. No. No. And everything well, was, you say in your house is wrong. So that's right. I'm it invisible. Could, it could be anything. I'm invisible. That was, that was very mean, wasn't it? John, that's enough. Because that's, enough. That's, oh. that's pathetic. That's a good spot to stop Taking us down a dirt road. It just really wasn't, uh, hey, hey, no. really wasn't that good. Host no. doesn't get the joke. Oh, okay, oh, let's get out of here. Dirt road. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. Uh Before we go any further, let me tell you about Mancetti's Pizza and Pasta. It's my favorite place up in my neck of the woods. They're located at 3603 Round Lake Boulevard, right on the border of Anoka and Andover. Uh, before we get to the food, which is fabulous, of course, uh, they would like to congratulate the Andover Girls Hockey Program. If you missed it over the weekend, they won their first ever state championship, defeating Edina in the championship game Saturday night. I wonder if that's Andover's first ever state championship in anything. I think it almost has to be, doesn't it? How old a school is it? It's 10, 12, oh, it's their first I think championship. It's their first, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, Mancetti's a longtime supporter of the team. Uh, now let's go to Mancetti's food, homemade sauces for the pastas, the pizza, homemade meatballs. They're uh, they're my favorite there. You can also get yourself a nice calzone, which I did last week, stuffed with all of your favorite ingredients. Mancetti's also has a nice Monday through Friday lunch buffet that serves up the pizza and pastas that uh, you'll love. Their happy hour from 4 to 6 features two-for-ones on beer and wine. And speaking of beer, uh, something new from Mancetti's, they've teamed up with Garfish Brewing. They added Garfish's apricot wheat beer to their taps, so you can now get that when you're up there eating. Uh, while you're there, by the way, sign the Garage Logic Pizza Board. Let us know you were there. Mancetti's Pizza and Pasta, 3603 Round Lake Boulevard, just about a mile north of Highway 10 off the Round Lake exit. Thank you. Mm. Uh, emailer Tom in the best beer category. Yes. Yeah. I was called back into the Army in the fall of 04 and spent all of 2005 in Iraq. I was in combat engineer battalion whose message or whose mission was looking for IEDs, roadside oh, bombs. Jesus. We found more than 450 Jesus. that year, of which one third went off on us in one way or another. Wow. I know this guy, and he's never in a bad mood, and now I know why. End of deployment. I'm the OIC officer in charge of the flight home with about 240 soldiers. Our plane lands in Shannon, Ireland, to refuel, and we have approximately one hour to relax in a small terminal there. There was a small bar and gift shop, and I told the guys to try to keep it to two drinks, knowing there is no way the bartender can possibly keep up with everyone <laughs> for that short amount of time. As the soldiers file off into the jet bridge, I wait until they are all off before I go to get a long-awaited pint. World's fastest bartenders work in the Shannon, Ireland airport. It took uh, two of them. It took. It looked like two of them served up to 600 drinks in under 20 minutes. Wow! So the troops have been well taken care of. Walking up to the bar, now fully empty pint, full of empty pint and shot glasses, I ordered two pints of Guinness and a shot of 18-year-old Jameson. I found a seat with a couple of my friends. We toasted, and I enjoyed the best beer I ever had. My soldiers and friends are all heading home after a year of some of the most dangerous duty in Iraq. I'm heading home in one piece, finally having a Guinness in Ireland. I'm half Irish. I slept good on the flight home. Thanks. That's probably the best one. Hard to argue with that is the best one. That'd be yeah, awesome to really have Guinness is. in Ireland. That would be fun. That would we'll go be, to the mother yeah. country. And he should have pulled the um, line up your 10 best whiskeys, and you should have it. I, I got about three I bucks. I got about three bucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jordy notes that a woman uh, uh, was refused a liver transplant only to discover that her bladder was producing alcohol. <laughs> I saw this. Yeah, she's, it's oh. the first known case of a woman who urinates alcohol. Okay. And uh, Jordy says, I believe she calls it Old Milwaukee. (laughs) (laughs) That's good stuff that uh, got me through my preteen years. Jordy also notes that uh, Governor, uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom's recent suggestion that doctors should be able to write prescriptions for housing similar to the way they do for medicine. And Jordy says, I assume Governor Newsom has offered to house a few unfortunates in his 12,000-square-foot, six-bedroom-plus guest quarters, eight-acre mansion. I bet he hasn't. <laughs> and uh, I, I have some uh, public uh, service uh, news here on how to keep, uh, how to reduce your pet's carbon paw print. Uh, I, I'm I was... worried about that. Now, this is from a local site, Channel 11. Uh, last year, we spent $75 billion on pets. They are members of our family, and we want to give them the best. There's this movement towards giving our pets higher and higher quality meat, which means higher and higher carbon footprint, said Professor Tom Hickson, chair of the geology department at St. Thomas. you got to be kidding me. A 2017 <laughs> study out of the U.S. out of UCLA found that... I can't do this. <laughs> I, don't, wow. I don't care if your pet... what your pet does. I just don't care. <laughs> So that means you didn't see the story. I think it was in the business section that I ripped out today. Headline, General Mills invests in custom meal delivery for pets. Really? They will deliver each and every meal to your pet. No. If you, uh, in fact, or owned a small Labrador dog uh, retriever, that would only cost you $119 per week. Wow. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'll feed him myself. What? Yeah. More than I spent on groceries. I'm just going to say, right. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I've seen labs eating their own poo. So. <laughs> Chit Etsu Watanabe. Zuntite. 
was recently honored by the Guinness Book of World Records as the world's oldest man. You see that? I He died now. The minute they name him, he that, just, he died. I just right, had right. the story. He's alive. Right. No, he's he's dead. He died now, 112. Oh, see, you come around. If I'm 112, yep. don't talk to me. Leave <laughs> yeah, me alone. Exactly. Because now the next guy's really nervous. The right. next oldest guy. Right. Who wants to live to be 112? The guy who's 111. <laughs> Thank you. And, he, and now he's worried because, uh-oh, Watanabe kicked. I, yeah. I'm next. I'm, right. And he said the secret to his long life was smiling. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Shut up, you That's yeah, a letdown. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know what? His picture's never going up in the Krabby Coffee no, Shop. No. no, he smiles too but much. But you're right. It's like Pat with his seniority for the baseball writers. Yeah. You know, he, he goes up a couple of notches every once in a while. That's what's going on with these old timers. He's survived by five children, 12 grandchildren, 16 great-grandchildren, and one great-great-grandchild. I don't know if you guys could figure that out or not. <laughs> he worked for the government. He grew fruit from the family farm. That's got to be the key. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. He and used boy, to say the secret to longevity was to keep smiling. You'd see old Mr. Watanabe sitting at the end of the uh, at the cafe, and you knew he was going to tell you about the fruit crop or something like that. You'd walk <laughs> the other way. With the well, fruit. You'd walk the day. other day. I'm going to tell you about the Volkswagen crop. Do and it. the Alfa Romeo crop yeah. and the Fiat crop at Schmel's Countryside in Maplewood, right on the southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and 61. I love this dealership. It's where I shop. It's where I've gotten all my cars. Well, I've had different kinds of cars over the years, but when I get an Alfa Romeo or a Volkswagen, they had that Saab too. I got Saab there. This is where I shop, and I will continue to because uh, my Alfa Romeo Stelvio lease is about to expire, and I have a decision to make, which is a wonderful first-world problem. Uh, right now, the 2020 Volkswagen Tiguans are on the ground and ready for delivery. The Fiat 500X is worth checking out. That gets you through the snow, too. Uh, Alfa Romeo has a 2019 clearance sale underway as the 2020s are arriving as a great, great selection. Uh, certified pre-owned VW TDIs get a two-year unlimited mileage warranty from VW, and that is bumper to bumper. Certified pre-owned Alphas come with a five-year, 100,000-mile warranty from Alfa Romeo. So it takes the factory four-year, 50,000-mile warranty and bumps it to 5100 if it meets the certified criteria. You're going to enjoy this experience. They don't have 15 stores. They put all their heart and soul into this one. And it's a wonderful, wonderful location. Easy to get to. Great service. Great guys. Great women. And when you're there, will you please tell them that you uh, you wandered in uh, because you heard about them on the Garage Logic podcast? And I told you before, if, if you're in that SUV market for the Jag F Pace, the Audi Q5, the Benz GLC, the BMW X3, the Porsche Macan, whatever, would you please do yourself a fiduciary favor? Go look at the window stickers on the Stelvio, and you're going to be really, really pleasantly survived. SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzFiat.com, and SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. We were talking off air about Jeff Bezos paying 165 mil yeah. for uh, the David Geffen estate, which was the Jack Warner estate. Right, nine acres. And, uh, and uh, more power to him. Uh, I don't. Uh, I wouldn't personally want to live there. Uh, I wouldn't want to live in L.A. It's just too damn tough to get around. But uh, I heard. I was either did I hear it or read it that uh, among his other. Uh, goals is Bezos wants to take over the the food industry, the mm-hmm. grocery business, mm-hmm. yeah. and he's opening a store in Seattle that has no cashiers. Mm-hmm. You you flash, you show your phone to a scanner as you go in, then you go get whatever you want to get, and you're being monitored the whole time you're in there with sensors and cameras and buzzers and whatever, and uh, you get the bill. You then you walk out with all your groceries, and then the bill shows up on your Amazon bill. Oh, that's, yeah. that's not going to work for me. I'm against. I will go to your method before I will do that. Pay at the pay at the pay cash. At, pay, yeah, I'm cash. Who cash. is the okay? Who is the type of individual that would do this? Because I would argue that most of the people that go to a grocery store, with some exceptions, go there for the social aspect. In part. What, what is with you? Everything with you is social. 
Shut up with the social. Yeah, it's I, interacting with you're, people. You're the only person I know that likes people. Seriously. <laughs> it drives I me crazy. Think, I think every 25-year-old in the world would do this. Yeah, absolutely. Every one of them. Absolutely. God, that's a horrible. I, I, I was going to go, anybody under 35, anybody yeah. under 40 yeah. would love this. Absolutely love it. The, the, the self-checkout crowd, the people that yep. check themselves out, they'd be on this in a second. Well, I, I do that. Really? So you, w- would you do this? Are, would I do this? Yes, I would. You would? I would. I would not. I would. Well, there's still people not. there shopping. You can. Joe, you know what self checkout is, right? I don't. You go into Target or uh, any other Walmart. type of store, and instead of going to a line with a cashier who grabs each one of your products and yeah, scans that's them how I do it and rings it up, yep. you do it yourself. I don't do that. See, oh, I don't no, want no, that's here, awful. And, and maybe this is part Kenny. I don't want to sit and talk to somebody who's ringing my stuff. Well, I up. don't. I don't want to do I don't that. talk what are you to doing him? this weekend. I, I look at it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I look exactly. at him and I shake my head. No. Are you a member I, of I'm, our rewards program? I'm not, I don't play this game. <laughs> don't don't talk to me. On them. the occasions and it happens twice a year. I'll go to the grocery store with the CP. Yep. Just to be a sensitive you gotta, guy. you got to call me first, and I'll film <laughs> just, you. <laughs> just to be a guy. And, uh, and she tells me what to do and not wander away. Right. But in, invariably. Do you get a ride in the cart? I get to stand in the <laughs> cart. He's in the little driver's seat. <laughs> she knows everybody in that store. See? Isn't that amazing? Everybody. Yeah. I know. Every cashier. She knows everyone at the meat place. Mikey Nestle, the bagger that's yeah, bagging yeah, up yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And just, well, I just, it, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm astonished. I'm gobsmacked. I'm that way. At, we have two little stores, a county market and a festival near me. I know a lot of the people that work there, but not behind the counter. Say the meat guy, like you said. She knows the, She knows everyone from the manager to the cashier. My yeah, wife is the same way. Everyone. It's it's alarming. She's got this whole life that I don't know anything about. <laughs> and I, I, on the occasions when I go, I just like to do all the taste testing where they have people all standing the samples, there sure. with a toothpick full of something. We've got the new sure. Braunschweiger. I'll out give there. that a try. So you stand there eating and go, yeah. going like, uh, hey, how, what are you doing this weekend? Yeah. <laughs> then come nom, back nom, with nom. your cap on going, hello, can I try the Braunschweiger? I, uh, I eat like a whole block of cheese at the festival. I <laughs> just stand there. <laughs> come yeah, around this again. is good. <laughs> Yeah, I put stuff in the basket uh, on the occasions that I'm there, and she frowns upon that because I have no sense of the basket uh, of pricing. So I'll end up buying cheese that's too expensive or something. Right, a Same wheel here. of cheese. Yeah. yeah, well, that's the giant wheel. I got that's one time right to wheel it into the house. No. <laughs> I think it was like a tire. So you you were I, like H W when you went shopping for milk. Remember that? Yeah. During the, they yeah. made him yeah. try to give a price. He had no idea. Yeah. If I was running, for, if I was president, they could nail me for not being familiar <laughs> with uh, the prices in a grocery store. I don't know how much milk is, but the cow is free. That's right. I I, uh, I, I do know how to get my way around Grunhoffers. Oh, I've been there more than important. I've been to a supermarket. Yeah, That's yeah. Uh, Grunhoffers Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. It's become the uh, garage logicians. Go to Palace of Meat. Meat Palace? It's the Palace of Meat. It's just just fantastic. You walk in, you hang a left, there's a whole wall. That's all the brats. Of freezers, yeah. Yeah, 130 flavors of brats. Then there's other cool cases of uh, the steaks, the chops, the smoked salmon, the jerky, uh, the burgers. It's just all top drawer stuff. Homemade pastrami for Mm -hmm. that Reuben you're going to make at home. Homemade pastrami that's just fallen out. It's Fantastic. Today's Fat Tuesday. What would a Fat Tuesday feast be? Yeah, you got it. This is a day of gluttony. I is love it? gluttony days. It's a gluttony day? <laughs> yes, a day of gluttony. You got to you got to tomorrow you got to clamp it down? Yeah, you yeah. got to cut the cheese. Spencer will uh, wave and uh, say hi and start coming out from behind the counter, and I'll just shake my head no at him. Not today, Spence. Yep. No. We're not talking today. <laughs> We're, I don't need to be social. Kenny <laughs> no. doesn't want to know you, Spencer. <laughs> no. This is on the flip side of your Amazon store or whatever this is. This, this is, is the opposite yes. of a cashless uh, yeah. Yes. Have cash. Yeah, have cash. They'll take or a your card too. or a card or whatever. But you're going to get service. But you're going to deal with a cashier right. who mm-hmm. knows more about meat than you'll ever know in your whole life. No, exactly. Joe. He's forgotten more. Forgotten more yes. about, about meat. meat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. You can't miss it. It's right on Highway 61 just as you get to the north end of Hugo, which isn't a long stretch. Hugo isn't that big. You don't so. even have to no. n- know the address. You just look for the big GL sign lit up out front. Tonight is going to be very telling. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts? My Close thoughts are that I now that I watched the debate last week, I feel obligated to watch this one in the in the in the interest of seeing whether these 
people will decide to take Bernie on. Are they going to implode and eat their own, or are they just going to attack Bernie? Bloomberg's there. It, maybe that love fest is, or that hate fest is done. I, I, I want to see if they're going to leave him alone no, tonight. Bloomberg is, uh, in today's paper, I noticed he's going after Bernie for... Uh, his gun stuff. Yeah, his gun stuff like 20, 30 years ago, a long oh, damn time okay. ago. Yeah. Uh, if Biden doesn't win tonight, I think he's done. Yeah. That's the popular... Did you Thinking. see a clip of him yesterday? He, he, he was crediting doing a deal with the, the Chinese president, who's been dead for 25 years. Yeah, and he also said he was running, running for the for U.S. Senate. Running, running for, for the, the U.S. U.S. Senate. Senate. No, Joe, you're in the you're in the presidential, yeah, presidential race. race that's, that's your address. <laughs> Come on, if Joel. you if you listen to him speak tonight again, it's like George W. Bush, where I'm really hoping he doesn't screw up, but you get nervous for him. Are you talking Uncle Joe? Yes. Uh, somebody on stage should just turn to him and put their finger up to their lips and go, shh, 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 shh. Not, not tonight, Joe. Yeah. It's, just... it's almost become must-watch TV because yeah. they're so nuts. It's entertaining. They're all nuts. But again, you're going to get the same debate. You're going to get the same questions. I know it's different monitors uh, for tonight. It's, uh, who is it? It's CBS. CBS Kale King and... I don't know who's doing Some 60 Minutes guys. They're not debates. They're they're scrums. Yeah. Right. They're they're uh, childish scrums. They're not debates because they're still trying to elbow each other out of the yeah. way. Yeah, but you got to elbow Bernie out of the way because if you don't, and Bernie and Elizabeth Warren are those kids that never put their hands down in class. Yeah, right. Call on me. Call right. on me. Call on me. I'm call next. on me. I'm next. Uh, it is uh, Nora O'Donnell, Gail King, Margaret Brennan of Face the Nation, Major Garrett and Bill Whitaker of 60 Minutes will also join in with some questions. Nora O'Donnell's not bad. Yeah. She's got a she's got a rational thought every once in a while in her. In I also her like when it's not made about the moderators. Mm-hmm. Just let them let them go and let these people uh But you watch tonight how often Bernie and Elizabeth will constantly have their hands in the air, being the adult children yeah. that they are. Ooh, 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 pick ooh, me, ooh, pick ooh, me. Call on me, call on me, call on me, please. <laughs> right. Oh, he shut up. Oh God. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do it. I, I I made it to the end of the last one. I felt I owed it to the GLers. I've got some advice for you. There's a great show on tonight on Channel 2 about Miles Davis. Miles Davis from birth, Auburn, Illinois. Birth of the cool. I'm thinking well, I'll make the first hour of the debate because I will it's too. at 7. Then I'm turning the Miles uh, American Masters Well, on. by from 7 to 8, shouldn't we get a feeling uh, if yeah. they're going to take on Bernie or not? You would think. You yeah. want to see the first half an hour. That's all you need to see. Well, and I'll watch the whole hour. Uh, it seems to me I've seen this Miles Davis thing before. It can't no, be new. It's brand new. It it's is. Because he's been dead Masters. a long time. He's yeah. I saw Miles play. You, you didn't. <laughs> you never saw Miles Davis I play. He, right he downtown me, Minneapolis. He told me this before, actually. So I believe. Where? Um, it was called Glam Slam at the oh, yeah. time Prince owned it. And wow. that was the night I met Prince. I'll be damned. Yeah. It's all true story. Yeah. I've got more stories like that if you want to hear uh, them. If we don't kind of blue, that, kind of blue you, uh, is in my top five oh, career. Kind of blue. It's got to be top two. To I mean, maybe top yeah, two. Yeah. 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 The best. Damn, wouldn't it be nice if we could go out with some Miles? It would. It'd be yeah. nice if you knew who Miles Davis was. Ah. You play the clarinet. Nope. No clarinet. Nope. Uh, trombone? Nope. Anyway. He was a uh, rock and roller, that uh, mm-hmm. thriller from Manila. No. Nope. He was a... Uh, can you, are you going to do a little Miles for us? I'll pull down the podcast close. You oh, yeah. Here real. we go. Now I need a trumpet, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to listen to that there's, on the way home. There's all, oh. your, blue, uh, I, all I, your blue, kind of blue right there. Kind Miles blue. Davis, he had the puffy cheeks. No, that was Dizzy Gillespie, Roger. Damn it. I'm going to quit. I'm going to go find it. We'll see you guys next <laughs> that time. That's a trumpet player. PodMN.com. That is where you go on your computer for Minnesota's finest podcast or on your phone app. Go to PodMN, and you will be able to download all those great Minnesota podcasts, specifically Garage Logic, which is also where you want to go if you want to hear about great sponsors like Mike Fratelloni and Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. For all of your winter grit, sand, salt needs, it's Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. We'll catch you next time. Garage Logic podcast version.